Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar series, Caring for Individuals with Alzheimer's Disease and Related Dementias. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live in the fall of 2015. This webinar series is presented by the Lewin Group in collaboration with Community Catalyst and the American Geriatric Society and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to ensuring beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care to Medicare Medicaid enrollees, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts, please visit resourcesforintegratedcare.com. In this podcast, Dr. Katherine Agarwal, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine, will explore the process of improving care of individuals with dementia admitted to the hospital. My focus today is going to be on uh, programs that can help us to improve the care for older adults with dementia that are in the hospital. I wanted to go over common hazards for elderly individuals that are in the hospital uh, and talk about the benefits of programs to avoid hospitalization, as well as to describe some models of care that are beneficial to patients with dementia in the hospital, as well as to go over some key quality issues for hospitalized individuals with dementia. Next slide. Hospitalization is a pivotal event for anyone, but especially in the life of an older adult. Um, The hospital stay may be very detrimental to their their physical function and cognitive function. We may bring the patient in and resolve their exacerbation of their heart failure or treat their pneumonia, but we may leave them in a state where they're much more functionally dependent on others. Next slide. So what happens in the hospital? Uh, What happens to older adults in the hospital? Unfortunately, there's a lot of things that happen in the hospital that we wish did not happen. The first is that we always introduce multiple new medications. These, of course, have lots of interactions and side effects. Patients stay in bed and become more immobile. Some of that is due to confusion, to their medical issues. Uh, and some of that is just that we uh, are negligent in getting our patients up and active as much as we should. Uh, we have uh, restraints that aren't even intended to be restraints, just ID poles and catheters and Um, not having walkers and canes close by for patients to use. We also then, people tend to be going for long periods of time without being allowed to eat or drink, and so they may get dehydrated and lose some of their nutrition input. And then, of course, uh, communication can be much more difficult when patients uh, frequently do not have hearing aids or their glasses. Uh, and then difficulty with eating. So it it is very difficult for people to be in the hospital. Next slide. Um, So if the hospital wasn't risky enough by itself, it's it's much more risky for older adults with dementia. Um, A a nice study was published in Annals of Internal Medicine in 2012 showing that for patients with Alzheimer's dementia that the uh, risk involved for those patients is very high for delirium, um, and if that occurs, independent risk for cognitive decline, uh, nursing home placement, and death. 
and then patients with dementia have been clearly shown to have longer lengths of stay than other patients with similar diseases without dementia. The, the other big problem with cognitive impairment is that it's virtually invisible in the medical record. Uh, cognitive status is not documented well in general. Uh, dementia is not mentioned in the medical record of, of patients that have dementia frequently. Um, and uh, many patients do not get daily uh, exams of their, their mental status or cognition. And delirium has a similar issue that, that we fail to recognize delirium uh, in one-third to two-thirds of the cases according to studies that have been published on this. Next slide. But next, I'd like to talk to you about programs to avoid going to the hospital if possible. Sometimes uh, it's not possible to avoid, but it's worth discussing uh, trying to avoid the hospital stay. One of these is an excellent program called Hospital at Home. It is actually um, very well established in Australia, England, Canada. It's not as well established in the U.S. There is a successful program at Johns Hopkins, and uh, they have information and, and information for people to replicate this program if they're interested, but the idea is that they, uh, their goal is to help elders receive hospital level of care at home. If a patient goes to the emergency room, they are evaluated if they are appropriate for the program, then they're actually um, sent back home in an ambulance with uh, significantly increased nursing care for the first period of time uh, and the medications and such that they'll need. Uh, and the outcomes have been very good for this program. Next slide. Another important thing to consider is a do not hospitalize order. Order. It is a form of an advanced directive, uh, for example, in physician's orders for life-sustaining treatment, or it's labeled in different ways in different states. Most for Massachusetts orders for life-sustaining treatment. Uh, this order to do not hospitalize is especially useful in a nursing home setting where it can be decided that if at all possible, we're going to take care of problems for that patient in their, in their current setting and not send them to the hospital. It's definitely reasonable for frail individuals uh, with advanced dementia or other end-stage diseases, maybe coordinated with hospice. Um, and, and so it's a, it is something that should be considered in, in our patients with a more uh, comfort-oriented goal of care. Next slide. Uh, this, this has a funny picture on it. This slide is a picture of an airbag system that was created to help protect patients with a high fall risk, to support them to continue walking and doing what they need to do, but then to protect them if something goes wrong. And I think I, I'm showing this picture because I have the idea that we should have programs in the hospitals to support and protect our older adults with dementia. Um, just like this airbag system, but to protect them in general. Um, and these are these programs that I'm going to go through are maybe ways that you can help look at hospitals and, and know that they are trying to give high-quality geriatric care, that they've instituted programs focused on frail older adults, uh, and these programs are helpful specifically for patients with dementia. Next slide. 
the um, Alzheimer's Association developed an educational program called Dementia Friendly Hospitals. And it's a very practical, interactive educational program that gives uh, dementia training to to all the staff in a hospital, the, the transporters, the, the nurses, the aides. It's really focused to help everyone in the hospital communicate better with patients that have cognitive impairment uh, and to be able to understand their needs better, to understand that they have different needs. Um, so it's, a, it's an excellent program and it's available free online at the Alzheimer's Association website. Uh, there can be assistance from local chapters. They have free modules, slides, videos. So it's a, it's a um, easily accessible program uh, that could be very helpful for, for hospitals to give better care to, to older adults with cognitive impairment. Next slide. The next model that I wanted to tell you about is an acute care for the elderly unit model or ACE unit. Uh, the focus of ACE units is to focus on maintaining function, to help prevent iatrogenic complications in the hospital, to try to uh, keep people at the current level of function and not let them decline in the hospital. And there's a lot of interdisciplinary uh, work that goes on in an ACE unit that's very important for the care. There have been several trials published on ACE units, and in summary, they, they show that functional decline is not an inevitable consequence of hospitalization, it still occurs, but they can reduce how frequently it occurs. They have some evidence for decreased lengths of stay and decreased costs for the hospital. Uh, and most importantly and more consistently, they've shown that without significantly increased costs that we can return more individuals to home at a higher level of function. And so that, of course, is very important for our patients with dementia. Um, they, they do have a focus on cognitive and fu function, which they typically, ACE units will have protocols to prevent delirium and screen for delirium. They also should have protocols to manage confused patients in a restraint-free environment. Um, and there's a, a wonderful focus on interdisciplinary care involving the entire interdisciplinary team uh, to improve the care of older adults in the hospital. Next slide. Uh, the next program is, is called the Hospital Elder Life Program, the HELPS program, which was created by Sharon Inouye. Um, her study on this was published in New England Journal of Medicine in 1999. It was an outstanding study showing that simply by improving quality of care that we can prevent delirium and, and improve outcomes in hospitalized elders. Um, and patients with dementia are at extremely high risk for developing acute confusion or delirium in the hospital. And so the Hospital Elder Life Program is focused on trying to help prevent this onset of acute confusion. Um, it is a very um, intensive program to implement, and so if a hospital has chosen to implement this program, they um, have obviously committed to a significant uh, culture change and uh, work. Uh, they actually typically involve volunteers, but it's a lot of work to uh, train and, and uh, implement the program with the volunteers. But they've had uh, outstanding outcomes showing reduction in the delirium of incidents uh, in up to 40% of, of medical patients over age 70. Uh, so it's typically not instituted 
throughout the hospital, but more unit-based, or at least its rollout has to be unit-based. But this is an excellent program if, if you have a hospital in the area with this program. Thanks, slide. The, the next thing I wanted to discuss was geriatric emergency rooms. Uh, there's been a rising popularity in the U.S. of geriatric emergency rooms in the last several years, and it really is important because they serve as the crossroads between inpatient and outpatient care. Um, and so that care that older adults get in the emergency room is, is critical to making sure that they either get home safely or that they have better outcomes in their stay in the hospital. Uh, I think it's the... Um, it's important that the, there were guidelines established in 2013 by the American College of Emergency Physicians and the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine to establish what is really needed to have a, a true geriatric emergency room. I'll caution you that sometimes you'll see advertisements for geriatric emergency rooms, but there's not as much substance behind the, the headline. Uh, and, but a, a true geriatric emergency room should have significant training for their staff. They should have a medical director that has had a significant amount of increased training. They should have discharge protocols to improve communication to, to the other providers and to help not let patients get lost to follow up. They should monitor their quality um, measures very closely, like their use of urinary catheters and restraints. Um, and they should have equipment and, and environmental changes that support the needs of older adults. Next slide. So I just wanted to review some key quality issues for hospitals to improve the care of patients with dementia. Uh, some things that, that are important that hospitals should have and things that you might suggest to your hospital. The first is this, the identification and involvement of caregivers. Sometimes it's not evident that there is a caregiver and that, uh, and that they need to be contacted for decisions, et cetera. So it's very important that the caregivers are, are noted in the electronic medical record and that there are signs in the rooms and on the chart to, to involve the caregivers with decisions and education. The next is that the hospital should have a focus on improving mobility and prevention of functional decline not automatically placing urinary catheters, for example, making sure that patients are getting up and, and moving. Another great program is called the Geriatric um, Resource Nurses that are part of the NICHE program. The Hartford Institute for Geriatric Nursing also has some wonderful programs that they have put out there. Um, and a Geriatric Resource Nurse program provides some expert consultations to all the nurses in the hospital uh, on geriatrics issues. Next slide. Uh, another, I, I have this picture here to, to think of delirium or acute confusional states in the hospital as that canary in the coal mine, that it's a sign that someone is really sick. And it's really important that hospitals have ways to screen for and look for delirium so that they have early recognition, that the providers have been educated on delirium, and to realize that delirium uh, is frequently superimposed on dementia and that they can manage confused patients in the safest way possible by trying to avoid restraints um, and using sitters and behavioral techniques to help improve the care of those patients. Next slide. Uh, also in delirium prevention, they should have hearing amplifiers and glasses available to patients. The pharmacy really should have efforts to decrease the use of inappropriate medications 
um, involving caregivers in education and having visitor, visiting hours to allow caregivers to stay overnight if possible, and then efforts to help in, improve day-night cycles. Next slide. Uh, lastly, of course, as we have to think about how patients leave the hospital, and there, ha there really needs to be strong collaborative efforts to uh, communicate with care providers that are outside the hospital. Discharge education needs to involve caregivers. They need to establish the appointments prior to discharge um, and have follow-up programs for the home and the skilled nursing settings to make sure that we have optimal transitions of care with phone calls and other programs like the Care Transitions Intervention, which is an outstanding program that you'll hear about soon. For more information about this webinar series and other resources, including videos and podcasts, please visit resourcesforintegratedcare.com and follow us on Twitter at integrate underscore care.